This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 181. So for this episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about my latest camera kit combination that I bought earlier this year. Now, as many of you know that listen to the show on a regular basis, back in April of this year, I bought the Canon EOS R6 full-frame mirrorless camera. In addition, I've also picked up a copy of the RF 50mm 1.2L. Now, I did have the lens before the camera. I got the 1.2L 50mm lens back when I just had the EOS R, which I still have. I just don't use nearly as often now that I have the R6. And I must say that this camera and lens combination is probably hands down one of the best on the market. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that your camera is not a great camera. Everybody makes great cameras. Nikon has good cameras with their Z system. Sony has great cameras with their Alpha system. Fuji has great cameras with both their X and their GFX systems. So I don't want you to think that I'm putting down your system. I'm just strictly talking about the system that I'm currently using and what I like so much about it. So first of all, let's get into the specs for the EOS R6. Now this is more of a refresher thing. I'm sure you've heard me talk about it before. Maybe you're familiar with the specs of the R6, maybe you're not. Like I said, if you shoot with a totally different camera system, Nikon, Sony, Fuji, Leica, Panasonic, or, uh, Pantex, Panasonic, Olympus, whatever, you might not be as familiar. But you probably are, unless you've been living under a rock. Okay, so first of all, the lens mount, of course, is Canon RF. The sensor type is a 36 by 24 millimeter full-frame CMOS sensor. Now, the sensor resolution is 21.4 actual megapixels, and the effective is 20.1, or 5472 by 3648. Crop factor, of course, there's none because it's full frame. Aspect ratio is 1 to 1, 4 to 3, and 16 to 9. Image file formats. You can save your image files in JPEG, RAW, and HEIF. Bit depth is 14 bit. And the camera is equipped with in-body image stabilization, 5-axis sensor shift IBIS. For exposure control, we have an ISO sensitivity of auto and then 100 to 102,400 that can be extended from 100 to 204,800 digital super snowstorm. Why anybody would want to use either one of those high-end ISOs is beyond me because I don't think the images would be even remotely usable. So for shutter speed, we have the mechanical shutter is capable of one eight thousandth of a second up to 30 seconds. The electronic front curtain shutter 
is the same, one one thousandth to 30 seconds. And it's the same with the electronic shutter with the exception of the fact that you can go from one eight thousandth of a second to 0 0.5 seconds. The metering methods are center-weighted average, evaluative, partial, and spot. For exposure modes, we have aperture priority, auto, manual, program, and shutter priority. For exposure compensation, we have minus three to plus three EV in either one-third or one-half EV steps. The metering range is minus three to plus 20 EV. For white balance modes, we have auto, cloudy, color temperature, custom, daylight, flash, fluorescent white, shade, and tungsten. Now for the drive modes, continuous shooting. With the mechanical shutter, you can get up to 12 frames per second at 20 megapixels for up to 1,000 frames JPEG or 240 frames RAW. With the electronic shutter, you can get up to 20 frames per second at 20 megapixels for up to 1,000 frames JPEG, 240 frames RAW. It does have interval recording, and it also has a self-timer with either a 2 or a 10 second delay. For video, you have H.265, 4.22 at 10 bit which means you can do UHD 4K 3840 by 2160 at 2397p, 2997p, 5994p, 170 to 340 megabits per second. Full HD, which is 1920 by 1080, of course, you can do 2397p, 2997p, 5994p, and 119.88p, or 120 frames per second. And that's 28 to 180 megabits per second. Now, if you use H.264, you get 4.2.0, 8-bit. And other than that, the rest of the specs for H.264 are the same as for H.265. External recording modes, you got 422, 10-bit, UHD 4K at 3840 by 2160 up to 60 frames per second. Recording limit is 29 minutes and 59 seconds, which is something I've never understood with Canon's DSLR and mirrorless cameras. I don't understand why they limit you to shooting 30 minute maximum length video clips. Because as most of you know, on the Sonys, and I'm not sure, I think maybe even on the Fujis, there are no limits. But Nikon and Canon still seem to stick with these ridiculous artificial 30-minute limits. So video encoding, you have NTSC and PAL. Audio recording, built-in microphone stereo, as well as an external microphone input. Audio file, file format is ACC Linear PCM. For the focus system, you have auto and manual focus. For focus modes, you have continuous servo AFC, manual focus M, and single servo AFS. The autofocus points are phase detection, and you have 1,053 focus points, which covers 100% of the sensor. Autofocus sensitivity is minus 6.5 to plus 20 EV. 
The viewfinder is an electronic OLED display. Viewfinder size is half an inch. Viewfinder resolution is 3,690,000 dot, which is pretty impressive. Now, of course, they had to cut back a little bit to keep the cost down. So it doesn't have as high a resolution viewfinder as the R5, which is closer to 6 million. But that makes sense, and it's still a beautiful, beautiful EVF. The viewfinder eye point is 23 millimeters. The viewfinder coverage is 100%. Viewfinder mag mag magnification is approximately 0.76 times. And it does have a diopter adjustment for minus 4 to plus 2. Now for the rear LCD monitor, the size is 3 inch. The resolution is 1,620,000 dot. And it is a free angle tilting touchscreen. So basically it's a very angle touchscreen. So you can use it for doing self videos, vlogging, stuff like that. Now, for flash, does it have built-in flash? Of course not. Most, uh, pretty much no full frame camera has built-in flash. You usually see that in the crop body, the lower end consumer cameras. Now, maximum sync speed is 1 250th of a second. Flash compensation goes from minus 3 to plus 3 EV in either one-third or one-half EV steps. The dedicated flash system is ETTL, and the external flash connection is via hot shoe. Now, for the interface. Media is memory card slots, dual slots. You have SD, SDHC, SDXC, UHS Type 2. Connectivity. USB Type-C, which is USB 3.1, HDMI D-Micro, 3.5mm headphone, and 3.5mm microphone jacks. Wireless, it has both Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, but no GPS. And if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know I was kind of frustrated with Canon that they didn't put a GPS in either the R5 or the R6. It just didn't make any sense to me. The 5D Mark IV sold for the same price as the R5 and had GPS in it. The 6D Mark I and Mark II actually sold for about $500 cheaper than the R6. And they both had GPS in them. Although they did only have one card slot. For environmental specs, the operating temperature is 32 to 104 degrees Fahrenheit or 0 to 40 degrees Celsius. Operating humidity, 0 to 85%. Physical specs, the battery it takes is one, one of the LPE6NH rechargeable lithium-ion batteries. Now, the camera can also use the regular LPE6 and the LPE6N batteries as well. So, you can use all three battery types in this camera. Dimensions, weight times height times depth. You have 5.43 by 3.84 by 3.48 inches, or 138 by 97.5 by 88.4 millimeters. Weight is 1.5 pounds, or 680 grams. That's body with battery and memory cards. Total package weight is 3 pounds. Box dimension, length, width, height, 11 by 8.9 by 5.9 inches. Now, I just gave you all of that information as a refresher, like I said. I absolutely love this camera. 
when Canon announced the R5 and the R6, I knew right away that the R6 was the body I wanted, and I'll explain to you why. Number one, I don't have a need to shoot 8K video, so I didn't really care about that on the R5. And I don't even shoot my YouTube videos in 4K. I keep everything at 1080p, it keeps the files smaller, requires less processing power to edit the videos. It, and to be honest, after all of these years, as Tony Northrup said, nobody gives a crap about 4K on YouTube. 98, 99% of all the YouTube videos are still shot and posted in 1080p, or they may shoot them in 4K and then downsample them to 1080p. So nobody really cares about that. So I didn't need 4K, I didn't need 8K, and I didn't really want a camera that had one SD and one CF Express card slot. I thought that was a big mistake on Canon's part, and this is my opinion. I think they should have done like Sony did. They should have made the dual card slots dual purpose so that the slots would hold either SD, UHS-2, or CF Express. I think it's type B that Sony uses in their dual purpose card slots. That would have been a much smarter move. Because as it is, with the R5 the way Canon created it, you can only shoot 8K video to the CF Express card. The SD UHS-2 card is too slow, so you can't write video to both cards at the same time. That's a deal breaker for me. With the R6, both slots are SD UHS-2. I can record stills or video to both cards at the same time and have no degradation in performance. And with the recent firmware update, Canon did finally give us the ability to record video to both cards at the same time. So you can have redundancy there, which is definitely a great thing. I don't know why they didn't have that in the firmware on the day the camera was released. I don't know. Maybe they were working out some bugs in it or something. I don't know. <laughs> but it should have been there from the beginning, in my opinion. Now, if you're interested in purchasing a Canon EOS R6, you can get one for $2,499, which isn't a lot of money, but I know it's not cheap for everybody out there. So maybe this camera's not for you. I'm just giving you my opinion on it and how I've liked using the camera so far. So for $2,500, you can get the R6, if you can't afford to also buy the R lenses right now, which they are a lot more expensive, but you already have several EF lenses, well, you can use the EF2 EOS R adapter from Canon. They offer three different types, and you can use your EF glass on the RF mount cameras, and you have no loss in performance. Believe me, I've tested it extensively, and the EF glass performs beautifully on the RF bodies with no, no hesitation. The AF is just as fast in acquiring and locking on an R-mount camera as when they're on a native E-mount camera. Okay, so now let's talk about probably my favorite lens for the R bodies, and that's the Canon RF 50mm F1.2L USM. Now, this is something I, in a way, was waiting for a long time. As you may or may not know, 
when I was shooting Canon DSLRs, I had the Canon EF 50 millimeter 1.2 L USM lens. And I loved that lens. However, it did have its issues. It wasn't super sharp corner to corner. It had a little bit of chromatic aberration issues on some copies. And the autofocus was pretty good. But this new version of the lens in the RF mount is just hands down far superior in every conceivable way. Now again, like the EF mount, it's not a lightweight lens. It's extremely heavy. It's extremely big and bulky. But the performance is just mind-blowing. So the EF mount 50mm 1.2L, you could buy brand new for about $1,300. I bought mine used from another photographer quite a few years back, and I got it for like $900. And I was very happy with the lens. However, like I said, it wasn't a perfect lens. Nowhere near as good as the RF 50 is. And when you would process your images in Lightroom, when you went into your develop module, and you hit the lens correction, you saw a big difference with the EF. With the RF, when you go in and do lens correction, you see almost no change to your image whatsoever. This lens is that good right out of the box. And unlike the EF model, you can shoot it with this lens at f1.2 wide open all day long, and you're going to get fantastic images. So let me give you the specs on the RF 50 millimeter lens. Focal length, of course, is 50 millimeters. Maximum aperture is f1.2. Minimum aperture is f16. Lens mount is Canon RF, of course. Format compatibility is full frame. The angle of view is 46 degrees. Minimum focus distance is 1.31 feet or 40 centimeters. Maximum magnification is 0.19 times. The optical design is 15 elements in nine groups. The diaphragm blades are 10 and they're rounded. Focus type is autofocus. The lens does not have image stabilization, just like the EF didn't. But it doesn't matter if you have an R5 or an R6 because they have IBIS built in. So you still have image stabilization capabilities. The front filter size is 77 millimeters. The dimensions are 3.54 by 4.25 inches or 89.8 by 108 millimeters. And the weight is 2.09 pounds or 950 grams. So as I mentioned a moment ago, this is not a lightweight lens. So you got to look at it this way. If you put this lens on the R6, you're pushing almost four pounds with just the body, with the battery, and two memory cards, and this lens. And then if you're like me, I have the battery grip for my R6, so I can use two batteries at once, which makes the camera even heavier. And I am kind of paying the toll, paying a toll for that right now. Um, I've been having some trouble for a few years now with cubital tunnel in both my elbows, and I, I've got to get the left one operated on pretty soon because it's getting really bad. And I was thinking for a while, I was trying to figure out what caused this condition to develop in my arms. And then I was listening uh, uh, to a few different times on the Petapixel Photography Podcast, Sharky James. He's the same age I am. 
And he used to be a professional photojournalist, so he shot for years with the Nikon D flagship DSLR bodies. And he has the same problems with his elbows that I do. So that's probably where mine came from as well, because for many years I shot with Canon 1D flagship bodies, the older ones, the 1DS, the 1DN, then the 1DX, the 1DX Mark II, and even when I bought the smaller size DSLR and mirrorless bodies, I've always had battery grips for them because when I go out to shoot all day, I want to know I don't have to constantly switch out batteries. I prefer to have two batteries in the camera so I can shoot twice as long before I have to switch out batteries. And my arms are paying the price for it. So right now, if you can see me, I'm actually wearing a pair of copper fit compression elbow sleeves just to keep my elbows from aching quite so much. Now, for this episode, I am going to supply some sample images that I shot with my R6 and 50mm combination. Right now, Tina and I are on vacation back up home in New York State, visiting our kids and grandkids for a couple of weeks for the Labor Day holiday. So, I figured I would bring my gear with me, and I would take some new sample images with this combination while I've been up here. So you can find those in the show notes. Now, I apologize again. This isn't a super long episode. I didn't bring all of my standard podcasting gear with me this time because it's just so much hassle to carry so much equipment every time we go on a trip. So it was a little bit of an experimentation this time. I'm recording this episode with nothing but my brand new 2021 model M1 13-inch MacBook Pro and the Lewinner wireless lavalier microphone system that I did the YouTube review on back in July. This is a fantastic microphone system. It works really well. I was going to record my episode outside at uh, Chapel Park here in Elmira, New York, but then I got over here and there was a crap ton of people playing tennis in the back of the park. And now there's a bunch of kids on the playground and they were just making all kinds of noise. And I didn't want you to have to listen to all that. So believe it or not, I'm actually sitting in my car right now <laughs> recording this episode. I'm still at the park, but I'm sitting in my car because I didn't want you to get all the background noise. And I'll try to clean up this audio as best I can. And hopefully it'll be a decent episode for you, my listeners, my audience to listen to. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at ForgottenPiecesOfGeorgia.com and ForgottenPiecesOfPennsylvania.com. All right, that's going to wrap up episode 181 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. 
and Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. I also wanted to remind you to stop by the Lingham Photography YouTube channel. Give the channel a subscribe, watch the videos, like them, share them out. Feel free to comment on them and hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new content drops. And if you'd be so kind, also show some love to Forgotten Pieces of Georgia and Pennsylvania YouTube channels as well. All right, I will see you all again on Sunday for the latest news and rumors roundup.